Merry Christmas, church family. Uh, it is a joy and an honor for me personally to really get to talk about the Christmas story with you today. If you've been with us the last few weeks, you heard Tori talk about how Jesus is our hope. And last week, Yusuf talked about how he's really our example of love. And so we can put our hope in Christ and we can love others the way that Christ has loved us so sacrificially. And today we get to really celebrate, really look at that joy that we get to have. Why are we celebrating in this season? And so I don't know what brings you joy in this season. It might be a happiness, and we'll talk about the difference in a minute, but maybe it's gifts. Maybe you love receiving gifts. Maybe you're that person that loves giving gifts. Good for you. I would love to know you better. But maybe that is you and that brings you a lot of joy. Or maybe you're a little bit more like me and you love some white chocolate covered Oreos that only come out at Christmas time, okay? And I might buy six boxes a year just to have them throughout the year, but these are good and they bring me some measure of what I would think joy might be. But in reality, this is a hard year for us. This has been a time where we need true joy more than ever. We don't want to just be happy with the things of this world. We want to find our joy in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you. And so what we're going to do today as we look into the scriptures is we're going to actually pray first. And we're going to ask God into this time. Because the last place I thought I would be giving this message to you is from my living room with my own Christmas tree here. And so as I look at the scriptures and I look at what joy is really all about, it's all about Jesus is good news of great joy. And so I actually want to pray for us before we begin, because as we pray, I want to ask that you would really let your hearts be focused on Jesus and on his word, and that as we dive into the scriptures today, you would be reminded of actually all the hard stuff this last year. You'd be reminded of the loss that has happened and people's lives and health and with COVID and everything that has gone on, all the tension this last year. And that your joy would be fixed not in your circumstances, but on our Savior who has been given unto us. So would you pray with me to that end? Father, I pray for this time. I pray that you would get all the glory. And I pray that as we dive into your word, that all of our hearts' affections would be turned to you. The one that is worthy of celebration. The one that really gives us true joy and true satisfaction forever. And Lord, we ask that you would heal and restore our hearts where we have been wounded and hurt this last year. I know in my own heart, I need to rejoice and find my joy once again in you. And so I pray right now, would you do that in our church family? Would you do that for those that have lost loved ones this last year? For those that have experienced pain, those that have experienced confusion and persecution? God, would you rejoice us in you so that we would find our hope in our Savior. We love you, Jesus, and we give you this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. But hey, as we get going today, we're going to continue in the Christmas story, and we're going to really have kind of a fun part of the story here as we see the angels coming down to talk to the shepherds. Merry Christmas, y'all. My name is Milana Brown, and I'm a part of the Elder Community Group, and I get to help out serving with the purity groups in purity class at church. I'm gonna be reading Luke 2, 8 through 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And when they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherd returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the word of the Lord. Alana, thank you for reading that for us. And as we get to really celebrate this good news, we get to look at the joy that comes with it, right? And so this is the good news of the gospel. That's what they're telling us in this. And so um, as we jump in right here, I wanted to show you that you actually see who the angels are coming from really quickly. And so you see that they're the angel of the Lord, the glory of the Lord shown around them. I'm not even going to try to get into that today. And then you see that it's Christ the Lord. And so the angels tell the shepherds, do not be afraid. We're from the Lord. We're from God himself. And it's okay. This is good news. And so in this, we get to see that our joy is safe. It's good in Christ. Our joy in Christ is good and right. And our joy is complete in Christ because he is our Savior who's really fulfilling all the promises that they've been waiting on. They've been waiting on a Messiah, an anointed one, for years and years and years. And so the people of God now have this good news that the Messiah is here, the Savior is here, and God tells that message first to shepherds. And so why is it so significant that God is telling shepherds that the King is here, that Jesus has arrived, that the good news of the gospel really has come? And when I think of shepherds, I think maybe these guys are just out in the wilderness and they're available. You know, maybe they're just willing to hear from God because God does that. He speaks to shepherds over and over again, right? You look at Moses. He was in the desert for 40 years and he was in being a shepherd for 40 years. And so when he's doing that, God speaks to him out of a burning bush. You look at David and David is a shepherd boy. And then he ends up writing a bunch of the Psalms and God speaks to him. And we sing a lot of those songs even now. Then you look at the good shepherd, Jesus, in the wilderness for 40 days before he begins his ministry, right? And he shepherds us and cares for us. So God speaks to shepherds. There's definitely something there. But in this, we see that these shepherds, they're a little bit unique. They're a little bit special because they're getting to be the ones to identify the Lamb of God. See, shepherds back then, they couldn't legally speak in court because they were the ones that would decide if there's someone else's sheep that they're watching was worthy of sacrifice or not. They're the ones that got to tell the value of those things. And so people didn't want them at odds with others. So they couldn't even speak in the courts. But here they get an opportunity to share the greatest news that's ever been given, that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has been born. 
And here we get to look at how, man, Jesus, he, he not only fulfills the law of Moses, and he doesn't just become the king of kings like King David, but he's the one that's going to shepherd and care for you and for me. And these shepherds get to identify the Lamb of God. See, part of their job as a shepherd was to identify which lambs would be willing, or not willing, but worthy of sacrifice. And so Jesus is inspected by the same shepherds, and they seek him out after they get this promise from the angels to see, is this the one that the angels have talked about? And they get to identify him as the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world, that takes away our sin and our brokenness. And so he's first identified by these shepherds, these outcasts, these that would have been despised, these that would have never expected to see the heavens open up and see angels singing and giving them a message of good news. These are the ones that get to identify the Savior. These are the ones that get to rejoice. And much like them, we get to have the sacrificial lamb, King Jesus, revealed to us too. When he's revealed that he loves you and wants a relationship with you, he's revealing to you that, hey, I'm Jesus. I am the one that's been promised. Come to me. Rejoice. Worship me. And that's what we get to do in this Advent season. We get to put our joy fully in him. The shepherds had never seen anything like that. Let's be real. They did not just anticipate every night the heavens opening up. And so the application point for you and me today is not to go walk outside your driveway and stare out and try to hope that the angels will appear in the sky. It was that they were actually obedient to the good news they had been given, and they went and shared that good news, and they found Jesus lying in a manger. See, if anybody knew their way around a stable, it would have been shepherds. If anybody knew that, hey, there should not be a baby lying in a manger, it would have been shepherds. They knew where to find Jesus. They knew where all the stables were in Bethlehem, and they were the ones that God chose to reveal this message. Now, for you and me, you've been put in places and situations where you get to share the joy, the good news of the gospel. You might not know your way around the stable, but you probably know your way around where God has placed you and put you and given you opportunity to share the gospel so that others might rejoice and make their joy complete in Christ. And so you and I, like the shepherds, can follow that. We don't have to go look up in the sky all the time, but we can apply to our lives that we have news worth sharing. We have news we're celebrating and rejoicing about that makes us different than the rest of the world. We get to celebrate that we get to identify the Lamb of God that by His blood, you and I will be healed. That by all the circumstances of this world, He will cover them and overtake them, and we don't have to live in fear of them any more. And so we get to rejoice in that. And we also get to rejoice that Jesus is our Savior and our Rescuer. And you see here that in verses 13 and 14, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There is worship that has resulted in this good news. You and I get to worship a king that is worthy of our worship. There's good news of great joy. More than ever, we need good news of great joy. I want to encourage you today to see that this joy is a gift. This joy is given from God. It's not that we went and attained Jesus coming to us. It's not that we earned Jesus coming down and being born as a baby. 
but it's that it's a free gift of God, that Jesus himself is a gift, and Jesus himself is joy. So I'm going to ask my friend Andrew, Andrew Newell to read really an Old Testament prophecy of what God was doing all the way back in Isaiah. Morning, well, fam. My name's Andrew. My wife and I shepherd the Domain Community Group, and today I'm going to be reading Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Andrew, thanks for reading that for us, man. We really appreciate that. As we look at this passage, and as we look at this Old Testament prophecy being fulfilled, I really want to challenge you to see Jesus as a gift in this season. Just like the stocking I held up earlier, we enjoy getting gifts, but we don't do anything to earn them. And I can't emphasize that enough when I look at this, because Jesus has been given unto us. He's a savior for all the people, as the angels say in Luke 2. But here we see that he's given unto us. Jesus is given really out of his joy and for our joy too, that he would complete our joy in this. And so when Jesus came down and lived for us, he lived as a gift for us. And we can do that for others too. We can live in such a way that we live given to those around us as Jesus lived given to us. And we see this promise here is that we get to enjoy a rescuer, a savior, that a child has been born, a son is given to us. We have a savior who's been given freely to us. Again, we did not earn him. And as I look at this, Jesus fulfills all his names here. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's a lot to fill. Only Jesus can do that. You and I are not the ones to do that. You are not the wonderful counselor. You are not mighty God. You are not Prince of Peace. That is Jesus. And so we get to rest in the fact that he is the one that fulfills his promises. We have a God who fulfills his promises. And we get to enjoy that we worship a God who's worthy of our praise. And I love this. At the end of verse 7, it says something that should encourage all of us today. Again, it's not by our might or by our strength, but by really right here what we see is the zeal of the Lord of hosts. All those hosts of heaven, all the multitude of angels singing, it's their God, it's their King, it's our King, Jesus, the Lord of all, the zeal of Him is the one. And when I think of that, it's the passion of God, the zeal of God, that He's going to establish Jesus on His throne. I don't have to worry whether Jesus is going to be established on his throne or not because I see that the actual passion of God and zeal of God is that he is going to do that. He will establish Jesus' throne, and we get to be a part of that and rejoicing in that. I have a guarantee that that's going to happen because that is God's passion, and he's going to do that with his zeal. And so we also get to see the great joy we have in Jesus is a gift because we're not really honest with ourselves if we always say we think of Jesus as a gift. I don't think of Jesus as a gift. This last year, 2020, I have not experienced the joy that Jesus has for me because I thought that I could earn my way to him. I thought that I could do more for Jesus. 
And in that, my circumstances have become heavier. I've even become depressed this last year when I look at the circumstances of this world. And as I find myself down and really searching for the joy of God, I'm like, God, what does it mean to be alive in you? I'm asking that as one of your pastors, what does it mean to have joy in you? But when I can pause and say that you are a gift to me, Jesus, and I get to open that gift freely and remember the gospel which I first received, that is good news. And my soul needs that. I need to remember that Jesus is a good and perfect gift and I can find my joy in him, that I can't go and work my way for God. And so I hope that encourages you as you think about the brokenness of 2020, as you think of your own pain and maybe your own depression as well, as you're trying to figure out what would God have you do to rejoice and to worship him again? Man, would you see Jesus as a gift, the one who's been given unto you? We see that with the angels singing and we see it in Isaiah that he's been given unto us, that we did not earn him coming and being born as a baby. But yet that's how he lives. He lives forever because he came and he came as a gift for others. That's how he lives his life. Not selfishly focusing on his own circumstances, but he lives in such a way that he would lay down his life for many. And that's the message of the gospel that you and I also get to live out and emulate Jesus in. And as we look at really how he is worthy of our worship, we get to remember that we also get to share this eternal joy. So we're going to flip back to Luke 2, 15 through 21, and really see how this message is worth being shared and what it looks like when people receive it. Verse 15 says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Right there, that verse 21 is really just a reminder from Luke, who's a doctor and loves these details, that, hey, and Jesus was born of a virgin. And we get that. And we also get that he was one who was not named until he was circumcised. And so Jesus is, again, fulfilling the law. He's fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies about him. And he is able to really let us rejoice in that too, that he is perfect in all that he does. But here we see this message in verses 15 through 20 that I want to really draw your eyes to. It says that they rejoiced in the saying that had been told to them in verse 17. And all who heard it, this message of the gospel, wondered at what the shepherds told them. Again, this is a message. This is all about this good news. And they're excited. They're, they're obviously talking about this and they're saying this good news. But when they see Jesus, they really start worshiping. If you notice that, they, they had angels open up the heavens and sing with them and rejoice and tell them what they're supposed to do. But it wasn't until they saw Jesus face to face and they knew that the promise was true that they began to worship God because the message of the gospel was seen by their own eyes. 
And their response was incredible. You see that the shepherds, they leave rejoicing and celebrating. And you see that Mary treasures these things in her heart. That she's really worshiping and really believing the gospel. That this baby that just came out of her that same day is the one who's going to save the world. Mamas, can you imagine that? Can you believe that? Can you think how Mary would have lived the rest of her life? I mean, I know you love your little ones. I know my wife, Laura, loves Lucy. But man... Mary would be rolling up into the soccer field saying, hey, check out my guy, right? Check out my Jesus. He's better than yours, right? Like, how would she live the rest of her life? And in that, you see that man, she's treasuring these things. And with a mother's love, she's treasuring the Savior of the world. And we get to respond with that joy and treasuring in our hearts what Jesus has done for us. But for us, as we look at this story, I want you to see yourselves actually as the shepherds. For many of you that have already received the good news, it is news that is staying with you. But the gospel is not quarantined to the shepherds. It's not quarantined to you and me staying at home. It is worthy of sharing. We get to share an eternal joy. We get to share that there is joy forevermore in Jesus. And so part of our response in worship is to really share this good news. It's to share what Jesus has done for us. That's why we go and plant churches. That's why we send missionaries. That's why we share the gospel with others because it has changed our lives. And we have a savior that we get to announce to the world. We get a savior that we get to praise and worship because he is the sacrificial lamb that is worthy of our praise. Our joy is in an eternal savior. And you might be saying, Adam, I I still don't understand the difference between joy and happiness. I still don't understand how I can be happy during 2020. I don't understand what that means. I'm not asking you to be happy in 2020. I'm actually asking you to rejoice in eternity. Because 2020 is not worth being happy about in a lot of ways. And there's been some really hard things right here in this time and in this season that God's put you in. But your joy should be met in eternity and will be met in eternity when it is in Christ. And so as you focus your eyes on Jesus, don't think that this world is what he's saving you to. He's saving you from this for much greater news. Good news of great joy that a Savior has come forever. and That his kingdom and his throne will be established forever, just as Isaiah prophesied. And we get to see that Jesus wasn't just born to live a perfect life and give us a good moral example, but that he actually came so that he might be that sacrificial lamb, that he might die for you and for me. And so what's the way that we really experience joy forever? It's that Jesus was scorned of the joy set before him and he died on the cross. He was the one that was mourning for us and mourning because he was separated from God on the cross when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, he gives up the joy and the intimacy with the Father so that you and I might experience that joy and that intimacy. He gives up his life so that we might have a life forever with Christ in heaven. And he rises again and gives you and I new life so that we don't have to think about him just saving us to this world, but that he would save us from this world to be with him forever. And we get to experience this hope. We get to experience this good news. But guys, we also get to share this good news. We get to be like the shepherds and proclaim joy to others. We get to tell others about who Jesus really is. And we get to walk with them to go and to look into the manger and to see that, hey, this really is the promised one. 
That's what you and I get to do when we share the gospel with others. See, God wants to fill us with hope even when it seems dark. He wants to fill us with love even when the world is hostile to us. And even when we're in the midst of a lot of chaos, he wants to have our joy completed in him and in him alone and not the things of this world. And I want to just remind us one more time. We have a joy worth sharing. It's a joy worth giving to the world. And you and I are given to the world just as Jesus was given unto us. Because as believers, yes, we're called to be salt and light in the earth, but we are called to do it in such a way where we live where our lives are a gift to others. And that's where we're going to find a lot of joy. That's where we're going to find a lot of purpose and passion in this season. It's not going to be that we get all the right gifts or we eat all the right food or we get to finally see family this year in 2020. It's going to be that we're sharing the message of the gospel with others and that they would experience the hope of Christ that you and I have experienced, that our joy would be complete in Him. And man, this has been a heavy year. This has been a heavy season. And so I want to encourage you as we remember that all of us have experienced brokenness. You are not alone in this. You're not alone in searching for joy in this world. I actually want to give you a moment just to confess that and give that up to God so that you would re-joy and re-find your joy in the one that is worthy of it. Because one day we will have an opportunity to celebrate and rejoice with him forever. But we get to learn and almost practice what it looks like to shout that joy and to celebrate it and to share it with others this side of heaven. And so we need to repent in a lot of ways of how we've been living focused on our circumstances and not the joy set before us of living forever with Jesus Christ. And so let's share that hope. Let's live as though Jesus lived. Let's live given to others that our lives would be given as Jesus gave his life, that we would emulate him in that way and live in such a way that this message, this good news of great joy would be shared with the nations to all people, through people even here in the world. So would you pray with me as we confess our need to find our joy in Christ and not in this world, and that we would not find our joy in ourselves, but in Christ alone. Let's pray together. We love you guys. Father, I pray right now that we would be reminded of your example. We would be reminded that you came and you lived in such a way that you came into our mess, Jesus. And when we consider the, the pain of this world, would we be willing to live in the messes of others, to walk in really and live an incarnational life like you did, Jesus, that we would live in such a way that the message of the gospel would be spread. This good news of great joy that changes everything would we live differently with our families and with our friends? Would we live differently amongst those that see things very differently than us, God? But would we find our true joy and our happiness in you? Father, we ask you, would you and your, your sovereignty remind us of this good news? Would you remind us of the good news of great joy that you've given would you remind us that Jesus is a gift to us that we don't have to work for, or try to attain, but that you, Jesus, have come down and born as a baby, that you will establish your throne, God, that your passion and your zeal is to see your son, Jesus, exalted and worshipped 
amongst all the peoples. And so we pray that we would be like the shepherds and we would quickly go and share this good news. And that in that, our hearts would rejoice and worship you like never before. Would we go and shout it from the rooftops and exclaim and proclaim the good news of the gospel because it is worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating that you humbled yourself, Jesus, to be born as a baby, to be really identified by shepherds as the ultimate sacrificial lamb, and that you would one day give your life as a ransom for many, not to stay in the grave and not to stay on the cross, but to rise again and give us new life. And so, God, I just pray, would we in this season celebrate the true joy you give us in your son, Jesus Christ? We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.